Hello, this is the Warrior Families Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This is an important episode and I have written and rewritten it several times because I just think this is such an important topic right now. I'm going to be talking about the process and principles of confident and guided decision making. And the reason I think this is super important is because we are living in a time where we feel pretty uncertain about the future. Gas and grocery prices are high and they're getting higher. We keep hearing of shootings, of violent demonstrations and lots of other crime. We see people that we love falling prey to addictions. We hear of schools teaching ideas we don't necessarily agree with. We see ourselves losing freedoms at an alarming rate. We're all probably in the middle of making one decision or another. Some of us may be simply trying to decide how to educate our kids next year, or what classes to sign them up for. Some of us may be considering ending or starting a new relationship. We may be thinking of moving somewhere new or seeking ways to be more self-sufficient. Some of us may be looking at career changes or thinking about going back to school or pondering what classes we should take. Some of these decisions feel pretty important in determining the trajectory of our life. If you listened to my last episode, you know that I've been trying to make some decisions about our family's future and what we may be feeling called to do. So in today's episode, I want to talk about principles that have helped me in learning to be guided on my personal path so far and some principles I'm still trying to figure out in order to move forward. I hope and think that these experiences will help you as you are facing the decisions that you're facing right now. Probably the first principle that I'm trying really hard to be careful about and that we all really need to try to be careful about is to be honest with ourselves about what's driving us to act. Honestly, examining our motives is crucial to making wise decisions, but it can also be very difficult. For example, my family and I went to visit an orphanage in Mexico for the first time on December of 2020. In the short week we were there, we grew to love the children so much that we knew we needed to do something more for them than to just visit once a year. I wasn't sure what that was, but I prayed a lot for God to show me the way and I told him that I'd be willing to do whatever he guided me to do, even if it meant doing something drastic like moving to Mexico. On that car ride, I felt that it wasn't enough to just keep taking my family back, that I needed to get other families to come and meet these kids and love them also. I knew that this was key to healing hearts, not just at the orphanage where kids have been through so much, but also the hearts of the youth in the U.S. who are struggling with anxiety, depression, distraction, a lack of purpose, and other difficulties. I had written a program to help people create systems and habits that lift them to their potential at home, but as I drove home, I felt these connections with these kids were also key in helping everyone involved rise to who they are meant to be as we increase in our love for each other. So that is how Find Your Path Academy in Provo and online was born to help this dream come to be. And then a week or two after we got home, I still remember I was folding laundry upstairs and looking at the window at the city lights as the sun was setting. We bought this house for this view because the view just calms my mind and helps put my life in perspective. So I was looking at the window, thinking about the kids at the orphanage and asking Heavenly Father to help me know what to do. And I had this thought come into my mind. Would you be willing to even sacrifice this? It took me aback because it was almost like I was being asked, are you sure this view was what you hoped and prayed for for years? And this is when I had to ask myself, is this desire really for the kids at the orphanage or is it just my personality that's always looking for the next challenge or the next adventure? Or maybe it's just that I like feeling important and needed. 
if I was going to sacrifice this much, I needed to know that it was for the right reasons because I really like my life the way it was. <laughs> but how could I know? I thought about how God knows what's really in my heart and that he can show me. So I have found that I need to ask often because my motives are pretty slippery. So the first principle that I am learning about making decisions is to often ask God to help me see my motives more clearly. And another really, really important pattern that I've been noticing in my life is that I need to listen to the persistent thoughts that come to my mind when I am in peaceful places. I am an idea person. So I seriously have ideas coming into my mind all the time. If I were to act on all of them, I would go crazy. So I've learned to pay attention to the thoughts that come into my mind when I am reading scriptures or in nature or in the shower or listening to inspiring music or watching an inspiring movie or sitting at church or at the temple. When I notice that certain thoughts come to me often during those times, I know those are thoughts I ought to try acting on to see where they lead. And the other side of that principle is that I've learned not to make decisions or really even think about making decisions when I'm feeling anxious or I'm tired. Like at the end of the day, I found that evenings are generally not the best time for me to figure out anything. Mornings are much, much better. So it was during these peaceful times in my life when I began to build a vision for what I wanted to create someday. I pictured a home where people could come and heal and grow into their potential. We would practice habits, create experiences, read books, and take opportunities to practice living in a connected way. I told my daughter what I had been thinking about and some of the ideas that have been coming to my mind. And she said, oh, so you want to create a homeschool for those without homes? And I thought this description was pretty great. Um, in my mind, I saw a big library, a garden, a ropes course, a mini golf course where each hole had a theme from a classic book to inspire literacy and the imagination. I also saw little farm animals and workshops for kids to learn different skills. It was like a school, but with a home-like environment so children who don't have homes could live and learn there and experience what a safe home feels like. I also wanted families who came to visit or children who came for classes to get ideas for how to transform their home into a place that unites their family and grows them into their potential. So as I began to build this vision through time, a thought that came to me a few times was to contact my cousin to see how much land costs by where she lives in Mexico. This thought didn't make a lot of sense to me because she doesn't live anywhere close to the orphanage and those kids that I love. Her home is in Mexico, but it's actually a lot farther from the orphanage than where I currently live. But since it was a persistent thought, I decided to act on it one day when I was outside running and it came into my mind again. My cousin didn't know of any land right then, but a couple of weeks later, she did find some land near her and it was very affordable. But this was crazy, right? Is this really what God wanted? Or was it just an exciting distraction from the more important work of home, the school here, the kids at the orphanage I already love? Like I said, sometimes it's hard for me to discern between my adventurous personality and the Spirit's guidance. So I continued to look at land in the U.S. and in Tijuana and try to be in tune with what the Lord was trying to tell me or where he was guiding us. I could not find any large chunks of land in Tijuana by the orphanage that were even close to what we could afford. Things were really expensive there. However, in my search, I did find another orphanage there that was also a school and that had a ropes course that was in Tijuana. So that was really good to see that part of my idea had been tried and tested and was being really successful. And it helped me see that I wasn't totally crazy after all. Other, people's had, other people had had thoughts like this. But I still wasn't sure if buying the land in Mexico so far from everyone I loved 
was the best use of time and resources, or if it was a distraction. So this brings me to a third principle that I'm learning about making decisions. A few weeks ago in a podcast called Unshaken, Jared Halveston shared a beautiful thought about a ritual in the book of Numbers chapter 17. The people were murmuring against Aaron and Moses again, and God tells them to get 12 rods and to write the name of each prince from each tribe on each rod and lay them on the altar. One rod had Aaron's name on it, and God said that the rod he chose to lead the people would be the one to blossom. The next morning, when Moses went to the altar to see the rods, Aaron's rod had budded and bloomed blossoms and yielded almonds. Jared Havinson mentioned how this is a really beautiful principle of how we can go to the Lord, place our decisions and our choices on the altar, and then wait and see which one God makes to blossom. So I had these options that I felt guided to act on, but also I can't do everything, right? And I wasn't sure which to pick or what to do. Um, the first option was just staying here in Utah, continuing the work we're doing at Find Your Path Academy with the land that Benjamin Allen is letting us use at Clash Ropes course. Our mission is to help students recognize their potential and develop the life they need in order to reach that potential. We're teaching them to build habits that keep them connected to God and help them reach their inspired goals. We also work to help them raise money to get their families to Mexico or other areas so they can begin to see how much their light is truly needed. I already saw blossoms on that rod that I had laid on the altar about starting the school. Several youth had told me how much they learned over the school year about themselves and about their work. We also had 15 families or part of families from the school come to visit the orphanage during the school year. They all mentioned what a transformative and positive experience it was, and they all fell in love with the kids and had a desire to visit again and to find other ways to help them. I think this is something I need to keep doing and a rod that is bearing fruit. So I guess this decision about buying land in Mexico is another rod that I'm adding to the altar to see if it will bear fruit. I think about creating this home slash school that I talked about earlier and how people from the U.S. and from Mexico could go there to serve and to heal and to learn. Since it's much easier for those from the U.S. to enter Mexico than it is for those from Mexico to enter the U.S., this would make this home more accessible to more people, including those in Tijuana that I already love. Once we had the home established, we could invite people in Mexico and the U.S. to come and learn and help as well. So in order to see if this Rod would bear fruit. My husband and I went to look at the land for sale and we loved it. We loved the area. We loved the little town. However, we weren't sure if it would work with our goals because of how far it was from Tijuana and from our home and, and from Bill's job and career. Would doing something there divide our attention in way too many ways? So it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. At the time, I wrote the following on Facebook. Quote, we saw the land yesterday that is for sale. It is very jungly. Bill even saw a monkey. We would have to clear out all the underbrush to get started and save the wood for building. My cousin and her boyfriend know people who know how to do that. And this is when, if you are me, you start wondering if you're crazy. End quote. Then on that post, I wrote a rough draft of the steps we could take to get this going. I won't read all of that now, but the basic idea was that one, we would get a loan. We would purchase a property. We would build a home that would double as an Airbnb when we weren't there. Then we'd begin in a garden and an orchard and a mini golf course, start the ropes course, build more homes and classrooms and begin bringing in kids to, quote, homeschool. And then after that, we would start hosting retreats with educational health and service elements for those who came. So as I was pondering this and wondering if this was a, 
a good idea. And if it would mean that Bill and I would have to be away from each other sometimes because he does have a job in the U.S. and a career that he loves and what this would mean for our family. I went to a little town fair with my cousin and um, there were dancers that were doing these traditional Mexican dances. And I wrote this on Facebook, quote, my biggest regret as a parent so far is that I have not taught my children Spanish or even much about Mexican culture. I think sometimes when things come too easy for us, we don't value them enough. As I watched the dancers at the fair last night, my heart swelled with love for the people, the language, and the culture. I feel a deep connection that I've neglected. No culture is perfect, of course, but there are beautiful things about each culture to value, and I haven't valued mine enough. I want my kids to value it. Is that part of why we felt prompted to be here looking at land? Part of the reason I am being so open about the decisions we're making right now is that I am afraid that they will stay in my head and not come to be if I don't open up about them. But I'm also very scared of them coming to be. So it's scary to share because it feels more real. I often just want a simple life of cozy family reading time around the fireplace, summer camping trips and dinner around the table. Some of the thoughts and ideas that come in my head sometimes feel so big and I don't want to let go of that beautiful vision of simple, cozy living. But then I think of the smiles and hugs of the kids at the orphanage. I also think of my mom as a little girl with nowhere to go. I've often wished I could go to her as she was back then and offer her a loving home. But since I can't, maybe I can do that for others like her. I want to be present and available to my kids. These other desires in my heart worry me. But our family has a lot of love to give. Do we keep it to ourselves in favor of the simple life or do we go out and do something more? We are seeking directions as a family and sharing this process with you terrifies me. So thank you very much for your encouraging words lately. End quote. Okay, and then one more little post that was about on our last day of our trip. Um, this is what I wrote because I was trying to figure out priorities, right? Um, I wrote, quote, this week I'm praying a lot to make sure that creating a center in Mexico is the best way to use our time, talents, resources, and energy. Here is my struggle. Our family isn't perfect. Our marriage isn't perfect. Our home habits are not perfect. The school we're running in Provo isn't perfect. I have a lot I want to do for kids and the director at the orphanage in Tijuana still. I still need to finish the program I have been creating for families for the last three years, and it's so close. Should these things be running a lot more smoothly before we take on such a big project? But if people wait to have a perfect family and life before they do anything else to serve, no one ever would serve. I just want to make sure our priorities are in their proper place. I have read a lot of biographies about people who made a difference for good in the world. They sacrificed a lot to be able to do it, and they worked very hard. Some that come to mind are Booker T. Washington, John and Abigail Adams, George Washington, Charles Mooley, Joseph Smith, Dave and Karen Eubank, Harriet Tubman. The list goes on and on. They chose to do something different than the norm, and they changed the world. One of my favorite scriptures says, Verily I say, men should be anxiously engaged in a good cause, and do many things of their own free will, and bring to pass much righteousness, for the power is in them, wherein they are agents unto themselves. I have seen again and again in my life that God will work miracles with, one, a willing heart, and two, the power of our faith that comes with taking the next step. I feel so blessed with so much. If the power is in me to bring many good things to pass, ought I not to try? But we are also warned not to run faster than we have strength. 
Maybe I am getting distracted from the important work I am already doing in my home and community. That is a question I am seeking answers to, end quote. And that is the last I wrote about it on social media. So where are we now? And this brings me to the fourth principle that I am learning about in making decisions. It is the principle of continuous prayer. When I am seeking answers to something, my scripture study is more focused. I pay closer attention to the talks at church. I'm more focused on God. I think this is why God likes to keep me in this space and doesn't just answer all of my questions right away when I ask them, but instead gives me baby steps to take and to learn from so I can continue to seek. God is working on helping me become what he needs me to be. And I can only be that when I am seeking him and staying connected to him. It's through his presence in my heart that I grow in who I am meant to be. Because of this, I am learning to not be frustrated that I don't know everything and that everything isn't always clear. I've been continually praying about purchasing land in Mexico. I told God to take the idea away from me if it was not the best place for me to be spending my energy. I worried that I just wanted it because the area is pretty and it would be a change of responsibilities. At the same time, I didn't want to not buy it if it was a gift from God to do the work he wanted us to do. So I told God that if it was just my own adventurous way and not really the best thing for the work he had for us, to please help me feel peaceful about not buying the land and to help me focus on other things that I needed to work on. So since that prayer that I continue to pray, there's two trains of thought that keep coming to my mind. One is a remembrance of all the miracles that have led us to this land and that make us uniquely qualified to do work there. I keep finding helpful stories in scriptures as well. The other day I read in the Old Testament the story of when Moses and the Israelites are so close to the promised land that they had been traveling for so long to reach. And they sent some spies to scope out the land and to see what they needed to do to get it. So they sent 12 people and those people came back and brought a report. They said that the land was beautiful and fruitful, but 10 of those 12 said that they were afraid to go, that they shouldn't do it because there were too many people and they were too skilled and that they would all die. And two of the people said, well, if God is with us, who could be against us? Let's go anyway. But the majority of the group and um, the Israelites listened to those 10 who were afraid. And because of that, they lost the privilege of going to their promised land. This hit me because, to be honest, I am very afraid. I love my life the way it is. I love looking at the window and seeing the view and the mountains. We're comfortable and we're happy and we're trying to be helpful. So why would I turn everything upside down? for something that would be a ton of work, would pull us from some good work we're doing here, may at times separate our family and could potentially fail. So maybe there was a lesson about fear for me in these scriptures. This is all very scary, but that doesn't mean that it's not right. And the other train of thought that keeps coming to my mind is the importance of focusing on the school in Provo and building the Find Your Path online community. The program I wrote is to help people establish these learning environments in their own home through systems and habits that grow them into their potential. If I can help more families with the program, we can do more of this work together. I could do more trips for the orphanage with other families and get the kids there and here a bigger and bigger support system. The more both of these trains of thought come into my head, the more I begin to think that it could be a matter of timing. Maybe the focus ought to be here at the school and community for now. And when we have a big enough community and support system, we built something of our own in Mexico. The land for sale in Mexico comes at a very good price in a very beautiful place. 
There seems to have been a lot of nudges and little miracles in that direction that made the land available to us. So maybe it's time to apply a fifth principle for making decisions, and that is to follow the little daily nudges and trust in God's overall big picture and timing and ability to work miracles. As of right now, we feel like we ought to purchase land in Mexico. The plan is to do the paperwork for the title at the end of August. To pay for it, I'm going to trust God that we can get enough donations or people enrolled in the Find Your Path program to pay for the loan each month. We just need 25 to enroll this summer to make that possible. Moving through the program would help families in the U.S. create homes that grow them into their potential and that create the resources these families need to be able to go on these service trips. And as they pay for the program, they would be helping create a home like this in another part of the world for children who don't have homes. Once we get 100 people enrolled in the program or giving monthly donations, I should have enough to help the orphanage in Tijuana with their projects and becoming self-sufficient. And then when that is going well, we can begin the building projects for creating our own home for the children on the land that we purchased. So that is the vision for now. I don't know how long it will take for all of the steps, but I do know that I can't do it on my own and that others will feel called or have desire to help make it happen. So if you want to help, please consider getting enrolled in the Find Your Path program to see how it blesses your family. Maybe you feel inspired to start a Find a Path Academy in your area. You may also consider a tax-deductible monthly donation. We'd also love to have you come on a service trip. The next one is July 4th, and after that, we will schedule as many as we have people to fill. And if you have any talents you can donate, like graphic design, websites, editing, video, organization, non-profit finance, organizational behavior, permaculture, grant writing, education, marketing, playwriting, choir, directing, anything that you feel inspired to do, please, we would so love your help and we so need it. So I'll put links to everything on the show notes, including my email, in case you have a talent or interest or idea that you'd like to help with. Thank you in advance for anything that you're willing to do to help. And whether this is something you feel nudged to help with or not right now, I hope these five principles have been helpful to you in whatever decisions you are working through. These are confusing times, but as we continue seeking God and sharing His light, His power will overcome the darkness and we will see amazing work and blessings being born out of the hard things that are happening now. I know each of you has divine potential that will change the world if you choose to let it. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Will you please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends so that we can grow this warrior family movement and encourage one another in using our unique gifts in the fight for good. And if you'd like to know more about the Warrior Journey program, the events, the school, or any other resources, please visit awarriereducation.com. And I'll see you there.